Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Yeah, back to work. I mean, we're calling it back to work. I think for a lot of people, it's been back to work for a while. Um, but it's different, right? It's different, uh, especially uh, you, you, September, the return, kids back to school, all the rest. And it's sort of the first time where um, you can do it exactly as we used to do it prior to the pandemic. There, there, There's no rules or regulations saying you can't. And a lot of places are now trying to sort their way through it and try and figure out how that's going to look, what's best for their employees, what's best for their company, because... You know, maybe the work from home worked really well for you. Maybe it didn't. Um, and we know that it's a really tumultuous time in the workaday world for all kinds of different reasons. And we know that one of the issues that companies are really dealing with right now is the fact that um, it's, they're having a hard time recruiting workers. They're having a hard time retaining workers. We know there's a number of industries where they just don't have the staff that they need to operate the business the way that they want to. And there's all kinds of different things that have been, you know, talked about as to why. You know, do you, do you offer the hybrid situation? You got to increase wages. Um, what kind of accommodations? One of the things that we know has become a really big issue throughout the course of the pandemic is benefits. Making sure you have a solid benefit package. That's something that will entice workers and that's something that will help you retain workers. And it's becoming more and more important. Like, the numbers are, are mind-blowing. Let's get into it. We're going to chat with Joan Weir, Vice President of Group Benefits for Canadian Life and Health Insurance Association. Uh, Joan, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Well, hello, and thank you for having me. Yeah, when we talk about benefits and how important they have become, um, you, you just sent over some numbers this morning. I mean, we're talking about the vast majority of Canadians have accessed benefits in the last, what, year or two, Right. Oh, for sure. It's really recovered in 2021. Um, 113 billion in benefits paid out and like 76% of Canadians, I think that's 29 million or so, mm. actually have a benefits package now. So really high numbers, the highest they've ever been. And um, when we talk about what people are accessing, what they're looking for and what they're using, where does mental health fit in? Because I know that's been a big discussion. Mm. Is that something that more companies are offering and more employees are taking advantage of? Absolutely. That's one of the growing trends that we're seeing. Um, certainly prescription drugs and dental remain the top two, yeah. but mental health is getting up there. Uh, we saw a huge increase both in 2020 and 2021 uh, for mental health claims. So people are accessing it more. Employers are definitely seeing the um, importance of having that as part of their benefits package for their employees. So we're seeing more and more people accessing their benefits and using their benefits. What about companies? Are you hearing from more and more companies, you know, small businesses that maybe typically didn't think about offering benefits packages now saying, you know what, this is something we need to look into in order to get staff? Are you seeing more people signing on? You're, you're bang on on that one. Um, we took a look at the trends, and that's one of the big ones is that small businesses, so think restaurants, hair salons, nail salons, those sorts of Folks are having a difficult time getting people and retaining their staff. And so they're looking at offering benefits packages. And um, I think in 2021, we saw a growth of about 3,000 small businesses coming on board with a benefits package for their for their staff. 
Interesting. Okay, so a lot more people signing on. And uh, do, do you have a ch- any way of knowing why? Is it is it simply because, you know what, we need to sweeten the deal a little bit here? Um, I think that's part of it. But I also think that those sorts of small employers are typically um, harder jobs to do, uh, serving staff, um, bending, all of that sort of thing. And, and benefits packages can help with that. One of the other trends we're seeing uh, is a real growth in massage therapy, and I think that that's one of the things that can help somebody who's in a very physically demanding job, accessing treatment for um, massage therapy, getting those muscles looked after, and that sore back sort of uh, better. Uh, so I think that employers are looking for both that sort of aspect of it, the health aspect, as well as the re- attracting and retaining staff. When a business approaches you and says, hey, we, we recognize that we need to add a benefits package to um, what we're offering in terms of our compensation, people are looking for that. But I don't know where to start. I mean, how do you put together the, the dream package right now? Like, what is it that people are looking for? Like you've mentioned, massage benefits, mental health, prescription and dental are still big. Can you put together a suite? Do you pick and choose? Small employers generally will look at um, a standard package that an insurer might offer and then sort of sweeten from there with the help of maybe um, an advisor who can know what is available and know what's well-priced for that sort of market. So the advisor is really helpful in that, but um, they'll certainly know what employers are looking for these days. And there are some real trends in that as well. Towards what? Well, I I would say that employers are looking to really serve their diverse staff, diverse in many, many ways, being equitable as well. So there's a a number of different new benefits that have come up over the last couple of years to to serve that end. Um, I'm wondering about the cost of this. When you talk about massive increase and how many hundreds of millions of dollars are being paid out by insurers, Someone's paying for that. Are we seeing the cost of these benefits go up? Um, some employers may see the cost go up. Certainly, we've seen higher costs in prescription drugs yep. and in dental. And um, that's as a result of, you know, very rare disease drugs coming to market. So they're very expensive. The pipeline is filled with them. New um, cancer drugs are also very expensive. And dental treatment is going up a lot because of the infection control that's had to come up over the last few years. Um, so, yes, employers are paying for it. Um, individuals may be also paying for it in terms of uh, um, contributing to their premium that the employer is paying, um, and, and maybe there's some out-of-pocket as well. Um, but I would say that insurers are trying to do as well better processes, electronic claims. Let's make this all automated and digitized and and trying to ratchet down those admin costs that um, we as best they can. Yeah, and, and, and like you say, it's only going to grow. It's only going to become more important uh, for workers and, and, and the companies that employ them. So uh, great information. Joan, thank you so much.